are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I always grieve when I know that somehow I've grieved the heart of a person or I've grieved the heart of God. I've grieved God's heart occasionally when the Spirit of God tells me to witness to that person and I've given every excuse and I get busy or whatever and I miss it. I think we've all probably done that. I get grieved with myself when I don't pray as long as I should. I'm not talking about living in guilt and all that. I just... I know God wants me to pray, and I pray. I, I have a prayer life, that I, but, but I know it needs to be better. I read my Bible so very much, but I grieve that I don't spend more time in it. Uh, there's so much that I still have such great growth and grace, and I need that. And I hope you feel that way as well. We have not yet arrived. We have not yet accomplished all that God would have. The children of Israel were deliberately disobeying God. God himself in this text is struggling with his children. He called to them, they, this text you just read, he called them, they said no. In fact, they forsook God. We really don't need you. We're doing fine without you. Leave us alone. God had to hear those things. They went to the wrong source for help. Did you notice that in verses one through three? Uh, they had a problem and they went to the wrong source. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me. That cover with the covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. They walk to go down into Egypt and have not asked at my mouth. Verse three, therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust of the shadow of Egypt shall be your confusion. Uh, they, they, they are like some Christians. We get ourselves in a pickle, and we don't go to God for help. We go to the, the medicine cabinet. We go to the shrink. We go to some friend. We go to the internet. Instead of when we don't know how to raise that son or that daughter, we go to some peer that's trying to figure the thing out themselves and will go to the internet, why don't you go to God? God help me. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I should know, but I don't know. But everywhere they went, you're trying to figure out what to do with your life. Some of you have taken a year in Bible college and you're trying to figure out, do I go back? Do I continue to go? Is God directing me to go back to Bible college? I don't believe I, I, I want to be careful. I did not want to go back my sophomore year, but I believe God would not let me quit Bible college. I wanted to be a Marine and go to Vietnam. And, and, and yet I knew that it probably was a worthy cause, but, but I knew that God wanted me to stay. And isn't it amazing, the sophomore year and the winter day when there's snow on the ground, I went to the first hour class, got out of class about 8.20, went to read my Bible, looked out over that snow, Jeremiah 12.5, I knew, I th I'm just gonna 
stop school. I'm not rebellious, I'm not mad. I just wanna be out of school. And God said in Jeremiah 12, five, if thou shalt run with the footmen, they have wearied thee. I got thinking, I'm a Bible college, I'm weary with this. Then how can thou contend with the horses? I thought, I can't make it in Bible college, I wanna to go to Vietnam. That's the case of the stupids. And I, on that day, said, God, I, I'm not gonna be bringing this up anymore because right now, unless you tell me to quit, uh, and, and specifically, I'm just gonna stay here. I would have never had the joy, and my wife, I would have never been married to her. I would have never had the joy of being in the ministry all these years. Had on that pivotal moment, I didn't turn to God. I wish I could tell you I did on everything in life. And so many times I turned to my, myself, or I turned to someone. These, these people, God's right there. And they said, well, we'll go to Egypt. We'll go to some other counselor. Most Christians live their lives with plan B. Because you're not willing to slow down and let God talk to you. You're jumping all over the map. You're like a yo-yo. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Slow down. They went to the wrong source. I find secondly, they, they had a root of rebellion. Look at verse number nine. This is a rebellious people. Lying children. Children will not, that will not hear the law of the Lord. Go say to the seers. Uh, that was the prophets. See not. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things. Speak to us smooth things. Prophesy deceits if you want. We don't, don't, don't tell us what we need to hear. Tell us what we want to hear. Gucci, Gucci, goo. You're good kids. You're good church. You're perfect. No, no. A lot of times we're rebellious. You might be sitting in this great auditorium and this is the cream of the crop, the Sunday night crowd. Come on. I mean, the Sunday morning crowd was here and all the other buildings this morning, they're not back tonight. I'm not against them, I love them. But we might be sitting here rebelling against God. We might be sitting here not going to God for our direction, but going to some counselor, some backslidden person that has spiritual talk and spiritual words, but they're gonna mess you up. I find thirdly that they rejected God, verse 11. Get you out of the way, turn aside out of the path, Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. Wherefore, thus saith the Holy One of Israel, because ye despise this word and trust in oppression and perverseness and stay thereupon. Therefore, this iniquity shall be unto you as a breach ready to fall, uh, was swelling out of a high wall, whose breaketh, breaking cometh suddenly in an instant, like a, like, like a reservoir that it, caves way and just, it floods over you. God's talking very direct to these people. God, God's gonna give these people a remedy for their sin. And that's what I wanna speak to you about tonight, just a moment. Uh, God, 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 God's telling them, I'm gonna tell you how to deal with your problem. It's not going to Egypt. I'm gonna tell you how to, it's not going to some counselor. I'm gonna tell you how to, it, it is, it's not casting me off. I'm gonna tell you, it's not casting off a man of God in your life or, or leadership in your life. That's not the answer. I don't like what they're telling me. If you always like what I tell you 
If all, you always like what your mother and dad say, they're not being direct with you. So God says, I'm gonna tell you what the answer is. Verse 18. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you. Therefore will he be exalted and he will be exalted. He may have mercy and judgment. Can you read this last phrase? God says, here's the remedy for your problems. Beginning with the word blessed. Ready, begin. Blessed are Let's read it again, please, so our internet friends can hear it as well. Blessed are all they that wait for him. I want to speak tonight on wait. Wait on God. I preached, I think it was this year in the college, and I gave every student a three-by-five card with a huge black question mark on it. That's all was there. That wasn't originally with me. It was Dr. Lee Robertson. Somebody came into his office, and of course, he'd be 110 years of age if he's alive. He pastored that great church of about 12,000 people in that great college of 5,000 students in the ministry and studying for the ministry. And if somebody came in and they said, Dr. Robertson, I want some advice, and he just listened, and he just listened, and he just listened. And while the student or the person was speaking to him about needing advice, he took a three-by-five card and just put a big question mark. And the person said, what do you think? And he gave him the question mark, said, let's have prayer. He had prayer, he says, I'll see you. He goes, that's your advice? He said, son, as long as there's a question, don't move forward. Wait. Wait. God gave me in college a few years later, Psalm 27, 14, last verse. Wait on the Lord, and again I say wait. Wait is to tarry. Wait is to be patient. Wait is to slow down. Many people are like the Peter in the Bible. I'll lop off a guy's ear. I'll never deny you. We're so impetuous. And I thank God that people have leadership and they move and they make decisions and all that. But friend, if you do not know the absolute will of God, you are a fool to move forward. I don't want to believe, I don't believe he should pastor this church from a position of doubt. And I have so many people asking me and preachers ask me, when are you going to give it up? There's a question mark there, so I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not even praying about it. End of discussion. I won't overstay, but God's not even prompted me yet. Got too much to do. Got to get us out of debt. And beyond that, there's too much vision ahead of us. Friend, when there's a question, look, I, we're, we're not even ready to entertain that. I'm talking about, to, I, yes, I need help. It's an amazing thing how this church is so good. You don't gossip. Well, we've got so many churches out there talking with one another. You, you, Brother Treber had that guy preach twice. You know, I think he's thinking about hiring him. What are you talking about? Slow down. Well, I'm 17 and I'm not dating. Good. You're not ready. Yeah, but I, I want to get married. No, you don't. You do in time, but not yet. 
plenty of time. Wait. This treatment and I have had the most wonderful ministry and we're loving it. But we could tell you for hours stories of people that just would not wait on God. And we know the consequences. I'm not saying you have to stay here. I'm not saying I have to be your pastor. There might be another one in the Silicon Valley. There might be somebody, I'm not saying I'm the only one. But I'm watching people all through these 43 years I've been here make dumb, foolish decisions not based on any sound leadership of God. Had someone just recently said, I want you to pray with me. I want you to pray. I believe we should move to such and such a long distance away. Pray with me, pray with me. We had prayer and we began to look that week to find them what they were looking for, found it. Six days later, they came and said, well, we won't be here anymore. We're going over here now. We're moving out of state. I'm thinking, son, son, we, 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 we found you. I'm not saying how to say, but, but you didn't even give God two days. You're making a whole life change for you and your wife and your family, and you, you, you could not have even, how about, how about taking three, six, nine months to pray? How about taking several days each, uh, a day a week to fast and pray and beg God? Well, I don't have that time. It's sort of like, I don't even remember who the guy was. So, sort of like the guy that called me on a Wednesday night, says our Thursday night or a Friday night, whatever. He said, I, I need you to pray about this particular job. And I said, okay, we'll pray about it. And he said, well, what's your answer? I said, I don't know. And he says, I gotta know by the morning. I said, well, then I'll pray for you, but I'm not gonna tell you anything. I don't know. Your life is too important to just say, give me 10 minutes and I need an answer, and I don't know if I'll have the answer, but I'll pray with you that God will give you the answer. Here, here, here God says, I want you to wait. I want you to wait because God says he'll bless them that wait. Impetuous people are exciting to be around, but they'll destroy your life. Let's go do this. Let's go do this. Let's go buy this. Let's, let's do this. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Young people tonight, are you learning to wait? I'm a senior in Bible college. I'm still not dating. It's okay. I just graduated. I'm watching. I'm home now. I'm on the mission field. I'm serving the Lord this summer. I'm still not married. I'm 23. You don't look like you were beat with an ugly stick. God's going to send you somebody. Well, I'm 30. What are you doing? Everything else that God wants you to do? Maybe God's not done preparing you. How can you take the responsibility of a wife or a husband and you can't even come to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, prayer, tithe, can't even do the basic things and you want to mate? You gotta be kidding me. There's strength in waiting on God. You find courage when you wait on God. 
You find God's will when you wait on God. God has a will, he tells us, for every life. A will is his desire. What is God's desire for your life? And normally God's desire is, I've got to save money, I've got to make money, I've got to have this, I've got to have that, I've got to have these things. But what is God's will? I think these people that say in our college, in our churches around America, yes, I'll go live on the mission field. And they live oftentimes where there's no running water, or they live where there's no air conditioning, or they live where they'll never own a house. The several times I've been at Brother Rick Martin's, and he's been at his ministry in the Philippines one year less than we've been here exactly. Been there 40, it'll be 43 years on our 44th anniversary. It begun in the Philippines, in the island, 16 Bible colleges. And I've seen the colleges. They come all to his place for the big conference. They, they're all outfit, they all sing in the beautiful harmony. His orchestra in his church is the best. And I know, thank God, but I'm talking about they've got a hundred some pieces on a Sunday night. It's amazing to watch. They had over 10, 12,000 in their church this morning, let alone the nearly 1,000 churches they've begun. 1,000 churches in these 43 years. They live in a little house, and some of you have been there. That's like from here to that wall. It's about this wide as that. You cannot have two people turn in the kitchen. There's a, a concrete floors, water runs three days a week, and open sewage out their window. They're built right on the property line. Open sewage and air conditioning in one small little room, a window air. I would do that. Well, it might just be the will of God. I said to Mrs. Martin when I was there one time, I said, please, our church would deem it a privilege to tear this down and build you at our expense a beautiful house on this property. Everybody, all their college students, everybody walks right by their house all day long, all day long. It's on the property. And tears filled her eyes and she said, Brother Treber, we already live so far above many of our people, we would never entertain it. And I looked at that bamboo furniture and nothing fancy and I'm not clean, everything's clean. I tell you what, I have a barn, a little shed on my property that's nicer than that. And I'm not saying it's not clean. Have you ever been able to wait for God? Impatience always brings sorrow. When we wait for God for the big things, the little doors close. Is God trying to close what are some little doors and you think they're so big and you're gonna look back and say, God shut that and it was a little door and that one I thought was so big and God opened the big door. Sometimes God shuts the door, Noah. And God shut the door in the ark of Noah. But the next time you look, he opened a window. I wonder if God shut a door in your life and now he wants to open a window. And it wants that ark of your life to rest on a solid mount, a solid foundation. 
and you're gonna send a dove out and a raven out and you're gonna find out that now we can open and eventually we can open the door and God's gonna let us out and we can replenish the earth. But they had to wait on God in an ark with all those animals. He had to wait on God when for 120 years he built an ark and they made fun of him. And they had a firmament so there was no need for rain. And all of a sudden he said to the people, God's gonna send rain. And he had to explain rain. And God sent the rain down as he shut the door and inside they began to feel that thing move back and forth. It must have been fear, but he had trust in God. And his sons and daughter-in-laws and his wife, all eight of them were saved. Some through the fire, some through the flood, some through great trials, but God, thank God he's in control of our lives. Wait on him, wait on him. God has something for you. There's a song I wish I could sing like you singers. I brought it with me, God picked up a sparrow that could no longer fly. He brushed off its wounds, then he watched it soar into the sky. If he's mindful of his creation, on this I can depend. I am his child, and I can place all my trust in him. I can trust Jesus. I can trust Jesus. I can. He never once has failed to meet my needs. He is my strong tower, my weak strength in my weakest hour. I can trust Jesus. He takes care of me. Trust me means I'll wait. I'll wait, God. I know I am impatient, Lord. I want to run ahead. Speak to my heart, dear Lord, and let me be willing to be led. Your clock is always right, Lord. It never runs late. Your schedule can't be hurried. So Lord, teach me to wait. Your time is never my time. Oh, make this plain to me. And give me patience so to wait and thy fulfillment see. I see through a glass darkly and in this earthly state, I only know impatience. So Lord, teach me to wait. My father-in-law, I work for him. He may be watching tonight. I had such a wonderful ministry with him 40-some years ago. God was just there at that time at that great church. I was a young man, and, and he said, Jack, why don't you take our buses? They were averaging all four of them, about 80, 75. And, and in a year's time, God exploded the bus ministry, and we had 
13 routes and buses were going and the place was growing and it was God, the youth choir, you were there, honey, and it just, it was just incredible and got a scenic cruiser bus and we toured the Midwest and those kids sang every night. It was just an amazing thing. Church services are so alive. My father-in-law would preach and he's watching right now. He began to frustrate me. because we were so out of space and just jammed in there like sardines. And he had come to the point where he knew we had to buy land and move off the property. And so I was on the search. And I recall taking him to the first place and he was so gracious to me. I said, he wasn't my father-in-law. I said, I wanna show you what I found. I'll never forget pulling up just down the street about three blocks a little airport where dirt runway and a little farmhouse next to it. And I said, look at this property, that, 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 that property. Look how it swoops up there. And his first comment was, yeah, look at all that low land. That's going to flood. But it was perfect. It was just perfect. Melvin Swanson, I, I, I know something about building. I've never done it, but I really know what I'm doing. And he said, you know, Brother Jack, I, that's not the property. I can drive by it today and I always look and laugh. He was right, I was wrong. So I went to Riverside. It's now at Riverside and Safford Road. They have about 30 some acres, it's breathtaking. Right next to a huge, beautiful park. But I got to Riverside and Auburn and I crossed over Riverside into Auburn and I went down to all the farm fields and I found the most beautiful property. He didn't like the how it came down. This was high and it just drifted down. Oh, it was perfect. I said, I, th I found a property. I drove him out there. He goes, that's beautiful land. It's just not the right land. I said, well, what are you going to do? What? I wasn't rude. What, what he goes, we're going to just wait. I don't want to wait. Let's do something. We're out of space. I can't even fit the choir in there. There's no room for anything. We, I don't have a place to park those buses. Let's do something. And so, you know what he, kind of funny, strange what he thought we should do. He said, we'll pray every morning at five o'clock, six days a week. Why pray when you can just go buy it? And he got this idea, we'd pray, and so we prayed every morning, five o'clock, the guys, I'd fall asleep almost every morning at prayer. His idea of getting an answer was to pray. And I never left there mad or angry, I never said an ill word toward my father-in-law. We came to California, and I was an assistant pastor, and then God brought us here. One day, several years later, Five, six, I got a call. I said, Jack, I found the property. He explained it where it was. I tell you, when I went and saw it, it's the most beautiful property. It's breathtaking. But he waited. Why are you so impetuous? Why am I so, why do, why do we have to have the answer right now? I, I'm reminded over here and, Psalm, and you don't need to turn there. I just comes to my mind in 37. Rest.
patiently in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 37, 7. Uh, notice what he says in chapter 40, and, and I'll just read it, 40 verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined his ear. God will listen when we're patient. God doesn't want to be rushed. Uh, the illustration, he said, I'm coming again. I will come again. He said that over 2,000 years ago. But in God's economy, a day in thy sight is but as yesteryear, yesterday. It's just like one day. It's been like he's been gone two days and the resurrection's coming. God's, God's my, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. I don't need to get God on my page. I need to get Jack on God's page. A great New England preacher in yesteryear's name was Philip Brooks. Philip Brooks was at times given to anxiety and frustrations. And one day they watched him. He was like a caged lion. He was just pacing all over. And, and a person said, Pastor Phillips, you're, you're, you're like a caged lion. What's, what's wrong? And he said, I'll tell you what's wrong. I'm in a hurry and God's not. George Mueller, that great, great man that ran those orphanages that prayed in every meal for those thousand plus kids of orphans. George Mueller, if you'll take his Bible, you'd go and you'd find that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And in his Bible, he wrote these words, not only the steps ordered by God, but the stops are ordered by God. Does God have you in a stopping place? Does God have you in a resting place, in a patient place where we need to rest upon? Well, I, I need to, I've got to go to the internet. I've got to find an, I've got to go to a new, get a new job. I've got to get a new house. I've got to get a new area. I've got to get this. But the steps, Psalm 37, 17, and the stops are ordered by God. When God shuts a door, he always opens up a window. The best way, look what he says. The best way, blessed are they that wait for him. Blessing means God will put blessings on our life. But the opposite is true. If I'm not willing to wait, there's no blessings. God will bless me for waiting. God will bless me. I think so many of us miss the blessings of God because we're not on God's timetable. I've got to have that answer right now. The way to make a terrible mistake is to push God in a corner when God says, I want you to wait, son. God builds us in the waiting moments. The best example of waiting is found in that same verse. Did you see it? Verse 18, the latter part says, blessed are they that wait for him. But is there an example before that of waiting? There sure is. The first part of the verse, therefore, will the Lord wait? God says, I'm going to wait. What was it? He was waiting for them. 
He was waiting for these rebellious people that went after other gods and one of the other counselors that went to Egypt that said no to God. We will not come. No, no, leave us alone. God says, now listen, I'm gonna give you a formula. I'll bless you for waiting, but let me show you the example. I'll wait. You know, Brother Sam, if I were God, I hope that doesn't sound irreverent, I'd, I'd just blast some people out of the saddle. I'd just take a bat and beat them over the head. But God is long-suffering, not wanting that any should perish. God is a patient God. And he wants me to learn to speak to him. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me. I'm poor, I'm needy. Preserve my soul, O God, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O God. For I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul, thy servant. For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my voice. For thou art good, gracious, full of mercy, ready to forgive. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. For thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, there's, there's none like unto thee, O Lord. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee. For thou art great. Thou doest wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Unite my heart to fear thy name. For the Lord is good, gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy unto tr truth. Ha have mercy upon me, O God. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee. O God, the proud are risen against me. The assemblies of the violent men have sought after my soul and not sent thee before thee. And then the psalmist cried out, help. Just help me, God. Have we taken time to turn to God and say, God, will you help me? And, and he'll say, I was there all the time. I've been waiting for you right here. Patiently, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Impatient people destroy those around them. God tells us tonight that he'll bless us if, wait, if we wait. He says, I'll show you because I'm going to be waiting on you and I will be gracious to you. Though you don't deserve it, I'm waiting on my judgment. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.